From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is ReSound. Today we're going to see a story about one family and how they live together. About Tony and his dog Fluffy. Jesus, okay, get up. About mother who takes good care of the whole family. And then I have to do your washing, your cooking, your shopping, make your lunches, pick you up after school. And about father who works hard for his family. Will you be all right? Yeah, 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 I'll be all right. Okay, see you later. ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sounds, sound bites, and audio threads we find all over the world on the air, on the internet, at festivals and conferences, in our imaginations, in our mailboxes. You name it, we're listening to it. And then each week we put the best of what we hear on this very radio show, ReSound. Our story begins one afternoon after school. You two, come to the table, one. Tony has been outside playing with Fluffy. The movies, a lollipop, play on the Game Boy, a new Game Boy game, whatever. Now he can hardly wait to get off his boots to tell his mother something. What? Sit down. We do not throw bananas in this house. My, that was fun, wasn't it? Doing things together is fun. It can be in your family, too. We are, as a species, absolutely driven to create family. We are creatures of companionship and relationships, and the closer those relationships are, the more complex they get, for better and for worse. Now, on the better side, love, support, intimacy, dedication, loyalty. On the worse side, will I ask you, is there any such thing as a functional family? I mean, take away the fun, and all you have is functional, as in unctuous, as in groveling, cringing, hypocritical, insincere, smarmy, and slimy. Hmm, very depressing. So let's put the fun back in, shall we? Today on ReSound, we'll hear from families of all kinds. We start in Australia, where our good friend Eurydice Aroni has taken the microphone into her own hands and into her own living room, recording the sounds of family life in all its messiness and hilarity. In fact, she sort of pioneered a new form of radio, which she lovingly calls Hysteria Verite. Here's a chapter from The Secret Life of an Australian Mother. Chapter 4. Punish with a loving heart. I'll come to the pool if you let me have an Xbox. Table one. I hate you now. Two. Sit down. Santa might give me an Xbox. Hardly believe his senses. Yeah, but Santa, Santa is influenced by what the parents want as well. Cosmo's house is even smaller than ours, and he has one. It's not really to do with the size of the house. Oh, please kill me. George, no, look, Dad and I do not want an Xbox. Sit down. We do not throw bananas in this house. George. 
Santa is not going to be very happy with you. If I were you, I'd be a little bit worried about what's going to happen on Christmas Day. George, Nana said to me the last thing she said when she walked out the door last night was, I'll be up in the morning to do George's knits. She's dying to do them, George. I need them. Your big poo-poo. Also, find your piece of poo, you George. Now give me all your money, you poo-poo. Or else I'll find your face, you poo-poo. George. Don't be mean to me, you poo-poo. Or else I'll find your face, you poo-poo. George. And what's your name, you poo-poo? Sit down. Two are uncontrollable. Is that because it's Christmas? I mean, I know you're usually yeah, uncontrollable, yeah, yeah, but yeah, because um, because I, I'm so busting. We've got. Let me see. Eight more hours. What about we give you a sedative? What is it? What's that? It's something to calm you down. Oh yeah, the movies, a lollipop, play on the Game Boy, a new Game Boy game, whatever. None of those are sedatives. That was a chapter from The Secret Life of an Australian Mother by Eurydice Aroni. And all I can say is, better her than me. Resound producer Delaney Hall sat down with Eurydice to ask her about the genesis of the Secret Life series. I was having parenting difficulties (laughs) 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 with my youngest child, who's very headstrong and... uh, I was um, really having trouble. You know, I thought that I could easily kill him. <laughs> and um, so I, I tried to think of some creative way around it. You know, what can I do so I could be with George and enjoy him again? Because I really wasn't enjoying my time with him and I had to be with him. So um, I thought that I would tape him and me, record him and me. Because I was also very frustrated. I couldn't get out of the house and make any documentaries. And that was part, I think, of, of the frustration, having kids and having a job. And so I thought, well, the easiest way for me to get around this is to just use the time that I'm stuck with him and try and make something of that. It was a, a more, an economical decision, really. And a very creative response. I mean, I think there's <laughs> all kinds of ways of responding to that situation that... Do not result in delightful radio stories. <laughs> That's right. I didn't really know what would happen. Uh, <laughs> I made it with, with Stuart Brown, who's a composer. I gave him the the recordings and told him what I thought might could happen, gave him the best of the recordings. He's a percussionist. And I said make a little musical aria because that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of a little opera where people yell at each other because it's a double-storey house where I live. I have to yell a lot. There's a lot of yelling going on and it's very musical in all the noises. A house is full of noise, especially when you have two young boys. There's always something going on. So I thought as a percussionist, he could take these domestic sounds and, and you know, see what happens. Well, you'd mentioned that you started the project because you were having so much trouble with George. Mm. And did it change your relationship with him at all? Has it has it helped? Yeah, it did. It, what it did was um, when I was recording, I I was also looking at myself, hearing myself. Um, the way that you do when you record 
yourself for broadcast. <laughs> yeah, you're in the first person, but you're also in the third person. How would this sound? So I was playing for laughs, yeah, and drama, and playing for laughs with children is always a good thing because they respond differently. They're not as difficult. If if you can distract them with humour, children are not as difficult. If you can be distracted through their humour and the humour of the situation, you won't get as upset. So it did. It, it did help. That was Eurydice Aroni, producer of The Secret Life of an Australian Mother, a six-part series about life with her husband and two boys. We'll hear one more chapter from Secret Life at the end of the show. But now that we've heard from a mother's point of view, let's switch angles and hear from a daughter. Our next story is from Josetta Adams in New York. She's 17 and going goth in a hip-hop world. Her family just doesn't get it. It being not just her choice in music and clothes, but also her burgeoning identity. I paint my fingernails black, and I listen to rock. This next song is dedicated to my brother, Patrick. I listen to rock when I'm mad. My chemical romance, I love them. Now, I feel relieved. Yeah, um, but it has a lot of black people. <laughs> we live in East Flatbush, so when I walk down Church Avenue, I don't see teenagers with dyed black hair covering one side of their face or with eyebrow piercings or banging their heads to rock. In other words, there are no goth or emo people here. I think that's my brother. Ugh. What the hell is he looking at? You think it's cool when I dress up like that? So how do you feel about me wearing black nail polish and listening to rock and wearing all black. You're a sellout. Ouch. You would never used to be like that. You're a regular. Wearing hip-hop clothing. Yeah, you're actually just like me. I actually had to chase this dude to his room to get him to give me a better explanation. Pat, what did you mean when you called me a sellout? You're acting in another culture. What culture am I acting? White people. Ugh. I'm just trying to be myself. The reason why I got into rock was actually because I was depressed. And hip-hop and R&B and all of that stuff wasn't really helping me deal with it. What is that? <laughs> Take Chris Brown, for example. Ugh, I can't stand him. Hip-hop and R&B to me... It's all about people in love and sex and money and whatever. Baby, baby, I can be in your pants. By the eighth grade, I was always arguing. I felt like hurting myself. Whatever you do, you feel lonely and don't enjoy the things you once loved. I saw commercials for Zoloft, an antidepressant, and I thought I needed it. But I wasn't about to take a drug for the nerve cells of my brain. I wanted therapy, but therapy isn't in my mother's vocabulary. She said, N-O, no. And talking to her about feelings has always been out of the question. My daughter, she's rude. (laughs) 
She said, attitude. Uh, well, maybe it's because you don't understand me. Well, you're right. You're right. I have no idea who you are. Thanks for that gothic. Thanks to that gothic crap, <laughs> she says. <laughs> <laughs> My mom just laughs all the time, even when something bad happens to her. <sighs> Do you ever feel like breaking down? Do you ever feel out of place? Like somehow you just don't belong And no one understands you For me, rock music and the skulls and black gloves that come with it are the best way I know how to express myself. Back in 8th grade, when I was feeling really down, it was a way to say that I wanted my brother to stop bullying me. I hated my mother's boyfriend. I hated school. And I wasn't happy to be me. I would throw on my favorite skull sweater, stick my headphones in my ears, turn the volume all the way up, and walk. I still do. And now, when I pass by some mother in a green nurse's assistant uniform, screaming at her children, I wonder how she deals with her feelings of sadness or frustration. Does she even talk about it? Does anyone around here? I had to find out. I just don't like to put all of my stress or whatever I'm going to on anyone. That's Claudette Henry, one of the first people I went up to in front of a salon in my neighborhood. She was born and raised in Jamaica. You have to understand, uh, West Indian parents, most, most of the time you cannot say the things that you really want to say to them. But then there's this girl, Jenny. She's Jamaican too. And she says that she does talk to her mom when she's down. Yeah, my mom, your friends, a brother, an auntie. But she says most people she knows don't. I think a lot of people hide that they're depressed and they might resort to fighting, not talking to their family members. And Michael Anderson agrees. He's the only guy who was even willing to talk to me about it. Depression isn't really something talked about a lot in the black community. It's just something that's there, but generally foreign. Um, Caucasian, white people, whatever. They actually go to counseling. This woman named Phyllis was sitting in the park watching her kids play. Black people, they will tell you that we don't do counseling. That's for whims and white people, whatever. We're a very faith-based people. And to do anything other than pray to God means that you are betraying him. Tyree Williams is the author of a popular book called Black Pain. It just looks like we're not hurting. She says that black people in America don't show their pain because of slavery. During times of slavery, we had to suppress everything. Suppression and oppression lead to depression. Actually, to be a black person in this country, you'd have to be almost crazy to not be depressed. As I was listening to Terry, I kept telling myself, don't do it, don't do it. I didn't want to cry. Um... What are you thinking about right now? My brother. I was talking to him about um, how I was into like all this new stuff. Mm-hmm. And he called me a sellout. Listening to what Terry had to say, part of me wanted to go straight home and fall asleep to rock. But something broke inside of me. I don't want to be a sellout to the white man or anyone. I am a Caribbean and African-American girl. I love how the color of my skin can be compared to a rich, milky chocolate. I love mango, but I also want to be able to express all of my emotions. The good, the bad, and the ugh. 
Well, I have to talk to you. For the first time, I realized. Do you love to be down? I want to talk. Do you love to be down? I have to talk to you. Oh, no. Please, not now. Did you know that I was depressed before? You were what? Depressed before. No. That is news to me. What make you depressed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. A laugh again. Next question, next question. Can I blame her? I do the same kind of thing to hide my discomfort. Instead of laughing, I look something like a beady-eyed black bird whose thoughts are impossible to read. Well, are you sure that you get depressed on her? Yes, I'm sure. We're not, right? Yeah. Oh, thank God. It's a bad thing. It's an illness, right? Isn't that right? I'm not sure why my mother and I have a hard time talking about our feelings. Is it because we're black from the West Indies? Maybe because she's never spoken to her mother, or just because she's a single mom, raising five kids by herself and working full time. <sighs> Whatever it is, I'm tired of the bitterness in my voice, in my attitude, and in my own relationships. I'm tired of pushing people away. I want to try harder to open up to them, and for them to try with me. I'm Not Emo, by producer Josetta Adams with Sanda Dye for Radio Rookies out of WNYC in New York. This does not mean you should be stiff or formal. With your own family, you can relax. Be yourself. Just be sure it's your best self. This is better. Now things are on an even keel again. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. We want to listen to you. Send your questions, comments, rants, or raves to resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. Do remember simply this. Treat the other members of your family with the same respect and cordiality you would show your most treasured friend outside the family circle. And now we get to eavesdrop on another family, the Lacey's, who live in Brooklyn. Oliver DeWitt, a graduate student, has been recording all their interactions, intimacies, and issues for his dissertation and our listening pleasure. The Laceys are actually fictitious, but their concerns, their secrets, their tensions and tiffs are straight out of Family Life 101. From producers Andrew Bergman and J. Alexander Cohen, an audio sitcom called The Lacey Study. Welcome to the Lacey Study. I'm Oliver DeWitt. This is my ongoing observation of the Lacey family, residents of Brooklyn, New York. Pay attention. Hello? Um, uh, I'm Nathan Lacey. Is, is this on? Of course it's on. That's the whole point. Oh, okay. So I'm Nathan Lacey. I live a primarily boring life here in Cobble Hill of Brooklyn. I have a 22-year-old daughter who, thankfully, does not live here anymore, and a son who's off to Yale in a few weeks. 
Bright kid. Gotcha. All right. And then there's my wife, Carol. With the kids gone, we plan on taking a second honeymoon here in our apartment uh, for the rest of our lives. And What about work? How's that going for you? Uh... Well, I'm uh, currently unemployed. It's uh, just a temporary situation. I'm mm, actually interviewing. Thank you. Okay, so here we are in the Lacey master bedroom on a Tuesday night. It's late. Nathan and Carol have just finished enjoying each other's company. Medic! That was Olympic. <laughs> Three weeks and we'll be doing this all over the house, Nady. It's been so long since we lived alone. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll make fondue, watch old movies, have sex in the kitchen. It'll be like when we had the loft. We never did any of those things. I know, but doesn't it sound great? It sounds phenomenal. Who the hell could that be? Honey, take the bat. Let me know if it's someone dangerous. (laughs) I'm following you, slugger. Hang on one second. I'm opening it. Hi, Daddy. Are you okay? What are you doing here? We were dead asleep. Who the hell does he think he is? Jeannie, Jeannie, take a deep breath. Hold it in. That egocentric douche. release. Why do you have those duffel bags? Mom, you don't know what it's like to have your heart spat on. I'm in love with him. You're in love with the wolf. His name is Wolf. Mom, like Wolf Blitzer. Right, but instead of being the head anchor of CNN, he sells used records. He's a loser. Shocker. Mom's being insensitive. Again. Classic alpha female. Hey, hey, where where are you going, kiddo? To my room! Hey, morning, Mitch man. Eggs poached as usual. People, can we please have a moratorium on the screwing? You kept me up all stigging night. Oh, hey, Jeannie, I didn't know you were here. How's the wolf? Wolf. You didn't hear her come in last night, buzzing incessantly and slamming doors? Well, I took a bunch of Ambien and put on headphones to drown out the bangathon. Mom, why is there a Pilates ball in my room? That's a crunch ball. That's mine. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. The inflatable lime green orb in my closet. Dad's been working out. You can't tell? If you were nice, you'd compliment him on his delts. Whatever, Mitch. That's like a total textbook electric complex just waiting to happen. <laughs> Your sister majored in psychology, and now she's Freud. Oh, that reminds me. Mitchell, a letter came from Harvard yesterday. What? Are you serious? Why didn't you say anything? Well, it's kind of thin. Let me see it. Thank you for your patience with regards to the waitlist process. We're aware that it's late in the season, but it is with great pleasure that we welcome you to Harvard's incoming freshman class this semester. Congratulations! Holy crap! Lacey at Harvard! Mitch! My boy! Mitch! 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 Okay, wait, wait, wait. Nobody chanted about a Lacey at Skidmore. Oh, Jeannie! 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 That's fine. Looks like Yale's going to have to do without me. Oh, this is phenomenal. L- let me see that thing. We, we were very impressed with your passionate account of your family's history and personal connection with tobacco. So, Mitch, you really cashed in on your grandmother's emphysema, huh? What are you talking about? Your college essay about her battle with lung disease. Yeah, and? I love my grandma. She meant everything to me. But it worked out for you, right? She dies, you go to Harvard, win-win. Okay, who needs more OJ? Jeannie, want a topper? Nope, I'm late for work again. Congrats, Mitch. You'll fit right in up there. Thanks. 
I'll give you a lift. Dad, can I borrow your midlife Camaro? Of course. Have it, man. Oh, can you drop me off at the courthouse? Sure. Nathan, you're going to send out your resume today, right? After you iron the linens? There's a list on the fridge. Say no more. I'm on it. Love you, honey. Love you too, sir. Mm. Yuck. Ugh. Nathan and Carol kiss four and a half times per day. My data shows this to be 0.03 above the national average. The Lacey's rent their second floor apartment from Naomi and Brad Westcott, the sexy British couple who live above them. Like Nathan, Naomi is a stay-at-home spouse. But of course, she can afford it. Hold on! Naomi! Hey, you got a haircut. I did. You like it? I love that windswept look. You should be in a convertible in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so did you bring the Tofuti cuties? But of course, monsieur. Sorry I was sick yesterday. What did I miss? Jeez, where do I start? <laughs> Marlon was the one who kidnapped Irene's sister. Roger and Monique are back from Paris. Oh. And you ready? Fiona is pregnant. <gasps> Fiona's pregnant? Who's the dad? They, they, they hinted at Lionel, but my money's on Marlon. Oh, I hope not. I hate Marlon. Where's the remote? It's in your hand. <laughs> Available now for a limited time only, the Gym Flex 3000. <laughs> Tone your abs, your triceps, your pecs, and more. What kind of idiot would spend three grand on a fitness machine that takes up a whole room? I don't know. I think it would be rather perfect. If we had one of those, we could give up our gym memberships and work out here all day together watching soaps. <laughs> gym Flex 3000, the only way to get the body you deserve. Shh, it's starting. Lust, passion, mystery, murder. This is Sheets of Satin. No, 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 no. Uh-oh. Quick, mute it. Just, just for a sec, it's Carol. Darling! Hi, honey. Judge called a brief recess. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm on the other line with Scotchgard. I'm trying to set up an interview. Uh, can I call you back in, like, 28 minutes? That's encouraging, Nady. I'll be cross-examining the dog eater by then, but text me. Let me know how it goes. Will do. Oh, and don't forget the dishes. Will did. So, what's going on there, Nate? With, with what? With what? With the neighbor. What? Which neighbor? We have several. The ex-Virgin Airlines flight attendant, uh, with whom you're having, a, I guess, a flirty yet platonic relationship. Her name's Naomi. She was over here 20 minutes ago. You watched soaps together. She brought Tofuti cuties Is over Is she fun or what? We always... Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what are you trying to say? Nate. We're, we're just friends. Can a man really have a friendship with a woman that attractive? I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Of course. This is totally innocent. Oh, okay. So, Carol knows about it, right? Encouraging us, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Well, yeah, there's, um, you know, we're going to shop and think about maybe furniture or something. All right, uh, you trailed off there at the end there. What? Jeannie works as a receptionist at a psychoanalyst's office. She's using her time wisely, chatting on the phone with the wolf on her boss's dime. 
No, you're an annoying bitch. I made a romantic candle at dinner for you on your birthday, and you birthday. were too busy playing Buck Hunter with your douchey Williamsburg friends to come you home. You Netflix some Nora Ephron movie. It's like, why would I come home to that? It doesn't make any sense. Wolf, sophisticated people drink Merlot and express their emotions. It's called being an adult. I am not drinking any Merlot. Giamatti, sideways. Okay, you have prototypical premarital apprehension. Think about it, you've never even said you love me. I told you, I don't say that to anyone, not even my mom's. It's a played line. It's just trite. I mean, people say it so much, it's like it doesn't even mean anything anymore. I dig you, though. At least I thought I did. What does that mean? I can't get into this now. Some old dude wants to buy sticky fingers on vinyl. Stick this! Okay, where were we? Which one of you has the 2.30 with Dr. Goldfine? <clears throat> I do. I, I've been actually sitting here for over a half hour. Oh, yeah. Here you are, the insomniac. Uh, I don't think everyone needs to know Have you made any inroads situation. with your half-sister? The, the one you have a crush on or whatever? Uh... Well, do us a favor and avoid that subject today, okay? Dr. G's in a bit of a mood. I really don't think it's appropriate I know. to be... It's just that Dr. Goldfine met a guy last night. They were out till like 2 a.m. drinking sake, and she ended up at his place. Apparently, he hasn't called her back, and she's really upset about it, so I wouldn't bring it up. Doc, the insomniac's ready. Shall I send him in? Ted Manning, he's 25 minutes late. I know. I'll bill him for it. Okay. Jim Flex, home of the world's most advanced home body sculpting equipment. Hey, how's it going? I'm interested in, in ordering a home gym system. Can you tell me the difference between the Gymflex 3000 and the Gymflex 4000? Um, 1000? Yeah, but 1000 what? I think you should go with the 4000, sir. It's a very popular model. I is it hard to put together? You just need a 12 by 12 foot space. 12 by 12? Can you hold on for a second? Mitch! Yeah, what? What day do we take you up to school? And my son's going to Harvard. That's very nice, sir. The 15th! Okay, great. We should have space on the 16th. Can, can you bring it over then? Let me see. Thanks for holding! Your call is important to us! Add our patented torso plus toner mo- The 16th is fine. Installation takes about an hour. Someone will need to be at home from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Not a problem. Of the 2,000 monthly mobile minutes allotted in the Lacey's family plan, only 17 remain. Uh, well, correction, 13. Mitch is listening to the same voicemail message for the third consecutive time. Hello? Hey, this is Dan Eversdale, your student advisor this semester. Just wanted to welcome you to Harvard and give you the great news that we've placed you in Apley Court, uh, the most popular freshman dorm on campus. It has a built-in laundry facilities and is just a few short blocks from Blodgett Pool. I look forward to meeting you in a few weeks at the orientation. Cheers. Awesome, there's a pool. Mitch! What?! Your mom told me to remind you to call Yale! I know! Yale Admissions, how can I help you? Hi, this is Mitchell Lacey. I'm currently enrolled as a freshman. Well, you must be very excited. Let me look you up on the computer. No need to do that. I'm sorry, sir? Don't sweat it. I'm just calling to let you know that I'm gonna bail on the Yale thing. <laughs> bail on Yale. Excuse me? I think you heard me, hot mama. Me no longer interested. Is this some sort of joke, Mr. Lacey? You're canceling your enrollment two weeks before classes start? You made a commitment. I know, and now I'm breaking it. You see, I've been accepted to a little school up on the Charles. In Cambridge, you may have heard of it. 
The Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide? That's the University of Alabama. Yale. What kind of name is that anyway? Yale. Yale. Doesn't that sound weird to you? Yale. <laughs> it's an odd name for a school. Ma'am? The following Thursday, Nathan is dusting the cupboards when Carol calls him frantically from the courthouse. What is it, honey? Are, are you okay? Nathan, you've got to call the bank. Our identities have been stolen. Calm, calm down, Carol. What are you talking There's about? There's a charge for $2,800 on the MasterCard for Jim Flex Industries. It must have been the waiters at that Chinese restaurant. Oh, uh, sweet, sweetheart, there's something I, f I forgot to tell you. What is it, Nathan? I, um, I was... Oh, my God. You uh, bought the Jim Flex. Are you kidding? Why would you do that? Well, it's the only system with 17 patented ultra-body error-resistance fitness modes. And I, I got a free leg extender bar. I'll, I'll save money on my gym membership? Okay, so just cancel the order. I'll be home in an hour. Bye. So how did it make you feel when Nathan bought the gym flax without telling you? I don't know. Angry? Like, really angry, right? Mm, yeah. Really angry. I'm sure. And then you got home to Mitch blasting his lap steel? I bet that just made things worse, huh? <laughs> well, I hadn't really thought about that. Of course it did. So, he's been playing for what? Seven years now? What do you think? Well, Mitchie's a really bright kid. You'd think there'd be more of a progression there. Agreed. He seems to have plateaued it bad. So, that's pretty impressive there, Mitch. You were really blessed with some talent. I know your mom's a big fan. Thanks. I'd say that my biggest influence has been Don Helms, pre-1953, obviously. Now his E6 and B13 table tunings were genius. Oh, and I'm really into a lot of the early Orville Rhodes pedal stuff. Hmm. Interesting. I prefer his popcorn myself. Oh, hey, since you're recording, did I mention that I got into Harvard? Yeah. Six or seven times, I believe. Probably would have figured it out, though, from the sweatshirt or the shorts or the laces or your keychain or your screensaver or your pennant or your pens or the other pennant, or your mom's sweatshirt, your leggings. Do you, do you wear those leggings? The pants, the sweatpants, the sweatbands, the headband, the bandana. Oh, you got that little miniature monkey with the symbols with the Harvard shirt on, your toilet seat cover, the Harvard duck. Jeannie, hi, it's me, Wolf. I've been doing a lot of thinking. This place is so empty without you. The other day, I took a shower and your pink shaving cream can was sitting there? I was gonna use it because I was like all out of mine. But then I thought, maybe you'll come back and, and you'll need it for like your legs and your armpits. And well, I know you wax your upper lip, but well, point is, I didn't use it. So I'm growing a beard in memory of you. Well, not in memory of you, but you're not dead. But in dedication to you. Please come back. I'll grow this beard until you're living here again. Even if I have to look like an Amish or whatever. I don't care. I love you, Jeannie. There, I said it. I love you. I'll say it from the hilltops and the valleys. I'll get in a whale's mouth and yell it. I don't- If you are satisfied with your message, press one. If you would like to re-record your message- One! Press one! One.
Pass the hot sauce, Dad. That's an awfully large box of tampons you've got in the bathroom, Jeannie. You know, and we noticed you're putting up some artwork in your room. That's nice. So how long do you plan on staying with us? Wolf left me a voicemail saying he loves me. So maybe not as long as I thought. He wants me to move back in with him pronto. Ooh, that's good news. I always liked him. What? No, you didn't. Nice reconstructive memory, Mom. I saw this really hot girl in Soho this morning. She was kind of fat, though, actually. So, Nathan, how was your day? Any luck on the job hunt? Um, a few leads. It's a tough economy. There must be a marketing position out there for you somewhere, honey. Well, Rightguard really seems to like me. We'll we'll see. Rightguard? I thought you met with Scotchguard. They're both interested. You know, honey, I can't believe what those kids came out of you. They're so different. <laughs> they came out of both of us, Nathan. Give yourself some credit. Oh, what are you reading? The new Philip Roth for the book club. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> Romantic. Mm. <laughs> hey there, Aquafresh. Howdy. Hey, I was thinking that after we drop Mitch off at school, Maybe we could have kind of a house rewarming party. You know, invite some friends, drink a little wine. Could be fun. Christen our empty nest. Well, I'm RSVPing right now. <laughs> hmm. You really think Ginny will move back in with the wolf? Of course. She just needs a few days to make him sweat. You know, she can be a pretty smart kid sometimes. Well, it's in the genes. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Oh! Oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> Whoops. Philip Roth. Sorry. <laughs> the next day at work, Jeannie is still elated from the wolf's voicemail message. She surfs the internet for shoes as she listens in on Dr. Goldfine's session via intercom. Well, Deborah, abandonment is never easy. Your parents left you. Your husband left you. Your children left you. The whole family. Gone. How does that make you feel? Lonely. Estranged. I don't know. Unloved. Like a complete failure that no human being could stand to be with. Or animal, for that matter. You mentioned your dog ran away. <laughs> it's okay, Deborah. Let it rain. What? Just one tissue. We're on our last box. Wait, who? God damn it, Jeannie. Are you eavesdropping again? Me? No, you have a call on lane two. A call? Who is it? Is it Chaz? No, wrong number. Rough session, Debbie? Yep. Want to know a secret? Your estrangement does not stem from your issues with abandonment. You have chronic fatigue syndrome. What? It's obvious. Miss, I, I really don't think my therapy is any of your business. Well, actually, it is my business, like, literally. Here's my card. Take it. Take it. Listen, Dr. Goldfine is qualified. I'm not taking anything away from her, but she charges an arm and a leg, and she makes you cry. I offer discounted therapy that makes you not cry. Just think about it. Uh... 
Okay. Shh, that's right. Debbie deserves better. Let's have a hug. There you go. Shh. <laughs> okay, not on the shirt. So, things have been going pretty well at the office? Yeah, thanks. I totally have a knack for psychology. When I was 14, my friend Faith Marie talked to me till like 5 in the morning about this JV wrestler guy named Kyle, and she said that I was like the best listener she ever met. I pretty much knew then that I, I wanted to keep helping people for the rest of my life. <clears throat> what's so funny? Hey, what's the deal with all these interviews, anyway? Your family's getting a monthly stipend from the university for the study. That's all any of you really need to know. Yeah, but what's the study about? I can't tell you. It'll ruin the study. I'm really psyched. Check out this email. You gonna read the whole thing, or...? We'd cordially like to invite you to the Harvard Southern Culture Society's first luncheon of the year. For those of you interested in attending, we are pleased to announce that Margaret Clopper, Deputy Chairperson of the Savannah Heritage Foundation's inaugural chapter, will be speaking about post-Civil War plantation architecture and the preservation of Confederate uniforms for curatorial purposes. The luncheon will take place on the 18th of September. To attend the tea ceremony beforehand, please arrive at Boston Hall at 1.30. How awesome is that? I wonder if there are any other lap steel players. Oh, hey, check out what I've been putting together. Give me a second, I made a rhythm section in GarageBand. One, two, one, two, three, four. Harvard is so doggone far above the rest. And you know they only accept the very best. Like me, those flowing hills of ivy I shall climb. Yes siree, fair Harvard, now it's time. Here comes a Mitch man. Here comes a Mitch man. Watch out, partner. Here he comes. Everybody now, here comes a Mitch man. 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 Watch out, partner. Here he comes. That's a classic. 8-1. You ready for my big comeback? Bring it, Padre. Damn it! Oh, I love this game. 9-1. So, kiddo, you got two days to go. We're gonna miss you around here. You gonna, you gonna miss us, or...? Yeah, Dad, of course. You know, I, I remember how excited my old man was to drop me off at UPenn. UPenn? <laughs> Please. You know, Mitch, these are gonna be the best four years of your life. I'm telling you, it's stress-free. You don't have to worry about rent or taxes. You basically just study, eat pizza, and meet chicks. Yeah, but everyone likes you. I guess that I'm just sort of more of a acquired taste. That's not true, pal. You're a, you're a Casanova. Come on. What about Tanya from Ski Camp? No, she thought I was a stuck-up weirdo. At least that's what her diary said. But, but that's what college is all about, Mitch. You reinvent yourself. You can become anyone you want to be. You're going to knock them dead up there. Okay. So what is it, like, uh, 7-3? Sure. Fun! This is so fun. The following afternoon, Naomi arrives to watch Sheets of Satin with Tofuti cuties in hand. Nathan can hardly contain his excitement. Okay, you ready? You can open your eyes now. What the? What is that? 
You bought a gym flex? Yes, I did. Isn't she sweet? Uh, I suppose. She looks a lot better made in the advertisement. Why is it in the kitchen? Well, it wasn't supposed to have come until Tuesday after we dropped Mitch off at school. Carol's not too happy about it. I don't see why she'd care, unless she needs something from the refrigerator or the stove. (laughs) (laughs) What did you get it for? So you and I could work out here and give up our gym memberships, you know, like we talked about. We did? Oh. Well, it sounds like a good idea to me. Well, the big day has finally arrived. Nathan and Carol drive Mitch up to Cambridge in the midlife Camaro, averaging just under 8.2 miles a gallon. They pull into Harvard and drop Mitch off at Apley Court. Honey, don't be afraid to call us if you need anything, okay? You did, Mitch! Make the laces proud! I will, Dad. Thanks for the lift. Bye, I love you guys. Two oh three, two oh four, two oh fiver. Oh hi, how's it going? Is this room two oh five? Uh huh. You looking for someone? We're sharing a room. <laughs> wow. I heard of co-ed dorms, but this is progressive. I like it. Well, this here's an all women's floor. See all the Snoopy note boards on the doors? It says right here on my welcome packet, Apley Court two oh five. I like that Southern Bell thing you got going on. Where are you from? East Tennessee. No way, for reals? I play the lap steel. That's cool. Do what now? Here, I'll show you. Hang on. I'm Lacey, by the way. Well, that's funny. My last name is Lacey. I'm Mitchell. Well, that's weird. My last name is Mitchell. Wait, what? Your name is Lacey Mitchell? I'm Mitchell Lacey. Okay. Well... This can't be a coincidence, can it? No, no, obviously they made a mistake. I guess you don't belong here, Lacey Mitchell. I'm sorry. Maybe you don't belong here. That is highly improbable. I have a perfect 4.0 average. What about you? I don't know, maybe like a B (laughs) minus? You know, you really don't look like the Harvard type, even with the hat. And the bag. What are you talking about? They love me. Look, I have my acceptance letter right here. You carry that around with you? Yeah, if you got in, you'd carry one with you, too. What's with all those swimming trophies? I have the fastest 800 butterfly in Tennessee. That's why they put me in Apley. The closest dorm to the pool. Yeah, I got the email. Okay, look, it says right here, we are very impressed with your passionate account of your family's history and personal connection with tobacco. What's your point? My point is, bimbo, that I wrote my essay on my grandmother's battle with emphysema. And clearly, they dug it. The only thing they dug, bimbo, was the dirt when they broke ground on the Walter P. Mitchell solarium daddy donated. We cut ribbon this morning. And FYI, my family has owned the largest tobacco plantation in America for the last three centuries. Can we get an RA in here? And so, it turned out that Lacey Mitchell, not Lacey, Mitchell, had been accepted into the incoming freshman class at Harvard. Mitch boarded a Greyhound bus and headed back to Brooklyn. How you doing, pal? I am really sorry about the mix-up. That's a damn shame. It's okay. I'll live, I guess. That school is whack anyway. Well, at least you got into Yale. 
Not a shabby institution, kiddo. Um, Yale's not gonna happen, Dad. Bridges burned. What are you talking about? What aren't I talking about? I'm talking about Dartmouth next September. Next when? The Green Wave. Mitch, that's Tulane. What about your safety schools? Come on, get real. I don't do safety schools. <sighs> Mitch, this is not good. What exactly do you plan on doing for the next year? I don't know. Take it easy. Kick it here in Brooklyn for a while. See if anything happens with the lap steel. Wait. Hey, where are you going? We're not done here. What the? Dad! There's a stinking gym flex in my room! The Lacy's were unusually quiet at the dinner table that evening when Nathan accidentally elbowed the answering machine. Hey, Jeannie. Uh, it's Wolf here. Uh, I've been doing some thinking. It turns out that I actually don't really love you. Uh, so just disregard my message from last night. I guess it was the ecstasy talking. Anyway, I had to use... Oh, hang on. Oh, yeah, uh, bacon on the side, extra crispy. And do you have hash browns? Also, a mineral water would be great. Awesome, thanks. Uh, so anyway, uh, long story short, I used your shaving cream and I lost the beard. So I guess it's officially over. Good luck with everything. Peace. Wow. That wasn't cool. Dad, that message was on there for a week? What the hell? I don't know. Whoever checks the landline. Is this mayo expired? Whatever. It's over. I can't believe I was even into him. I mean, the guy's named Wolf. He sells used records. He's a loser. Jeannie, don't be so hasty. Vintage music is a, a promising field. L let's think here for a sec. How can you get him to take you back? Wait, wait, wait. Ho hold on, Carol. Jeannie still has a, an ounce of self-respect, uh, right? Nathan. Look, honey, I'm, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to postpone the second honeymoon for a bit. If the Lacey's are about anything at all, we're about family. That means we watch each other's backs. Make sure nobody takes a cap in their ass. Lame. Mitch. Tupac. You're going to take a year off? That's not a big deal. Find yourself and some steady work. Find a girlfriend. And Jeannie, you, you want to be a shrink? Yes. If that's your dream, we are totally 90% behind you. With or without the wolf. And, and Carol, honey, uh -huh. don't worry. We'll, we'll still make fondue. Watch old movies. Have sex on this table. Oh, okay. Come Nathan. on. Gross, this really. is the beginning oh. of a new chapter for this family. So buckle in, Lacey's. Looks like it's going to be the four of us for a while. Well, um, five, actually. What? I'm pregnant, Mom. Go to your room! You've been listening to The Lacey Study. On the next installment, we'll hear Nathan actually make it to an interview, Mitch loiter around the apartment, and Jeannie decorate her bedroom with a fern, a fish tank, and a leather couch. How you doing? I'm looking for Dr. Lacey's office. Who? No, I'm sorry. This, this is a residence. There's, there's no Dr. Lacey here. Dad, that's my 2.30. Send him up, please. The Lacey Study is written and produced by Andrew Bergman and J. Alexander Cohen. It features Nate Smith, Dan Cohen, Christina Pastor, Marion Brock, Eric Feldman, Rory Panagatopoulos, Jocelyn Barker, Ashley Ward, Sarah Cole, Stephen Francisco, Chris J. McLaughlin, and Debbie Cedars. Recording engineer is Bob Schott. Special thanks to Adam Geiger and Gloria Pitagorsky. This is The Lacey Study. One, two, one, two, three, four. Cider mills and hotties, maple trees and deer, 
Yes, I'll be in New England by this time next year. Underneath that clear New Hampshire sky, my license plate will say live free or die. Here comes the Mitch Man. Carol? Here comes the Mitch Man. Watch out Dartmouth, here he comes. Here comes the Mitch Man. Here comes the Mitch Man. Watch out Dartmouth, here he comes. Can you guys, like, shut up? The Lacey Study was produced by Andrew Bergman and J. Alexander Cohen. Ah, dinner time. There is no family so poor, but that the evening meal can be eaten in an atmosphere of warmth and gentleness. Go to your room! There is no family so busy, but that it can come together in the evening for a dinner date which will give its members something to look back upon with happiness all their days. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival. I'm Gwen Maxi. Before we leave you, let's check in one last time with Eurydice Aroni and the secret life of an Australian mother. Chapter 6. Control Your Temper Oh, I get it. Could you stop picking your nose and wiping it on the kitchen table? I'm eating it, then wiping the saliva on the kitchen table. Even worse. Okay, now I'll go from the beginning. Tom! The kids are killing each other. Can you come upstairs and do something, please? For God's sake. And the girl lived in a place with a hundred coffins. Exactly, are you going to be in case I need to get in touch with you in an emergency? In the Coonawarra Valley. Where's your mobile? Where's that new mobile we got you? Uh, it's in my bag. In the boot? Yeah. Would you work out how you use it? I've worked out how to use it already. You don't know how to get messages off it? Yes, I do. Alright, so goodbye today. You're not going to see him for days. Bye, See you guys. See you, Angie. See you, Georgie. Have a good time, boys. Help Mum out. Let's go and play soccer. You hit me. Come on. Hey! Come and kick the ball for me now. Come on, don't get it! Yes! He's smiling! He hit! No, they're all gone. The lollies are all gone. No, oh, but I wanted them. What did you say? I wanted them. Hey, Cosmo, get out of the way of this uh, tractor, mate. Otherwise, the guy's going to flatten you. Mum, there's a tractor. No, George, no. Well, that's dangerous. Cosmo, you stay back here. How is it dangerous? Hey, get away from that, you knucklehead. George, come back from the tractor! Don't you feel better about your own parenting foibles? I 
knew you would. And speaking of family, ours wants to invite yours to a special evening of celebration. Food, music, fabulous audio. It's the Third Coast Awards at the Arts Club of Chicago on Friday, October 23rd. Meet the makers of the best audio of the year. And when I say our family, I mean our family. The evening will be hosted by Eric Zorn of the Chicago Tribune, husband of Third Coast Executive Director Johanna Zorn. Music will be provided by members of the Occidental Brothers, one of whom is the fiancé of Artistic Director Julie Shapiro. And the actual awards themselves will be handed out by none other than my daughter, Ruby Maxi Gorin. Some people call it nepotism. We call it cheap labor. All of the fun, none of the dysfunction. For more information and for tickets, visit thirdcoastfestival.org. You know, parenting is it is is a serious subject. You know, relationships between mother and son. There's there's all sorts of, of things you could say about that, but we try and say them through play and pleasure rather than, yeah? yeah. Rather than hitting people over the head. You know, parenting is very difficult. ReSound is a production of the Third Coast International Audio Festival, an independent media arts organization in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxi. ReSound is produced by Delaney Hall and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. Carly Nitz is our trusty intern. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear thousands of outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. The Third Coast Festival is made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, with additional funding from the National Endowment for the Arts and sponsorship from Chicago's Navy Pier, American Airlines, and ExploreChicago.org, the city of Chicago's official tourism website. The festival is produced in partnership with the Center for Documentary Studies at Duke University, and it was founded by Chicago Public Radio. Music for ReSound is provided by Reckless Records in Chicago. If you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. ReSound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else, unless you live everywhere else.